Oh, man. That episode was packed. I loved it. I loved it. Did you love it, Ian? Every episode is killing it so far. Killing it! Ian, what'd you think? I, I liked it, too. There was so much. I was I squealed when I saw that we were getting the White Rose backstory, and we get to see what her rosebud yes. is. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I was like, what? 1982, New York, IBM headquarters. And I'm like, oh, Lord. And there's this sexy, delicious, young, I guess his name is Zhang. I've been saying Zhang this entire time. Y'all know me. I'm not good at pronunciation. Um, So young Zhang is played by Ross Kurt uh, Lee. Ooh, delicious. And Chen. Woo! Mm. Eugene Shaw. (laughs) And they're at a bit. Let me some hot Asian dudes. And Beatty is, is also a slice of heaven. So, like. I feel like Zhang aged well. Uh, but the actor, Ian was saying this, the actor that they cast to play young uh, Zhang was like, I, they they cast him well. I was like, are they doing yes. CGI on this actor? Yeah, it was weird, too. That's what I thought, too. Yeah, That's what I totally thought. It's like, even by the like the way he stands, like when he was standing in profile, mm-hmm. and the way like BD has his shoulders and, and, and his neck, just the profile, it's like, how do they match that? Yeah, Ross killed that. He really killed his White Rose impersonation. It was awesome. They were at this business meeting at IBM, IBM in New York, right? And so they're trying to – IBM's trying to get their first – what is their first plant in Asia? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And none of these crackers know how to speak, you know, Cantonese, Mandarin, anything. I think they're speaking Mandarin. That's the mainland predominant language, right? Y'all don't come for me. I don't – I. Still trying to educate myself about China. Um, and then nobody at the table is understanding what's transpiring between uh, Chen and uh, Zhang. And, and they're like, oh, I'm going to come up in here and snatch your, your crap. <laughs> and I'm going to take yeah. all, over all your intellectual property. So I thought that was a brilliant moment. And, you know, it's funny because it's Sam Ismail. That's actually happened. Like, this mm. has transpired from 1982 until now. And then they're also like talking about their lust for each other at the table, which I thought was just fucking brilliant. It's like, what are you going to do tonight? You want to get Italian? If I see one more fucking (laughs) egg roll. Yeah. (laughs) So this was an interesting moment because y'all need to help me though. Frame it. Was this Zhang Deus group guy yet? I think it was before Deus Group. Is this before Deus Group? I, I it feels like because he. Oh, I thought it. I thought it was after. Is it after? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Because he's he, Cause he has the power. Have... Doesn't he have the power to get in this room with IBM? Because in IBM, uh, IBM in 1982 was hot shit. Of, yeah, of but King I think Mountain. That's, that's like as a as a private businessman. Right. Because I don't mm-hmm. think he was a, an official. They were waiting for him to be the ambassador or something else. So you think he fired up Deus Group after what goes down goes down? I think he fired up Deus Group after he okay. he gets power of the Chinese government. Gotcha. That's what I think. That's I was, interesting. So I, he's I just a budding impression. businessman. I'm just a businessman, I'm hearing Tyrell in my head. And he's made this deal. If we frame it that way... I understand it maybe a little bit better. I could be wrong. Should have looked that up on Reddit. Eh, didn't do it. Um, 
but no, I think that that makes more sense, yeah. right? I don't know. So Zhang is like, I'm going to steal all your intellectual property because we know that White Rose is a hacker. Now we've never seen her hack. We've seen people hack in her name, and she says, "I hack time to Elliot." But I feel like she has these operatives, these young budding hackers at her disposal already. I feel like that's what's happening because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she's going to snatch up a shit. And also one thing I noticed about the being in on the the close-up, starting with the close-up on the IBM screen, is just how much it reminded me of the computer that was in the black room where White Rose was interrogating Angela. Mm, interesting. Because that's kind of the basis of where everything begins with White Rose, is these this chin years. This is... She puts her purse down in this moment and she stays there. So is that test anchored in this? I don't know. The Lolita thing. Will we get all the answers to that crazy test? But I felt like, is he trying to tell us something about this computer screen? Again, I'm reading everything into everything. I spiral. I'm calling it Manic Mondays. I just spin out of control. <laughs> it's it's th- almost like a frame-by-frame thing, really. It really is anymore. I'm just like, oh. and then referencing other uh, seasons and episodes. We did that today. We have two screens side by side for gaming. So today, you best bet or bet we get up there and like put some stuff side by side. It was like, oh. <laughs> Andre is so right about the golden color tone. Has it always been about Chen this entire time? And it could be because when you see it even more so, these golden tones when we go back to the hotel room where uh, Chen and Zhang are mm-hmm. staying. Mm-hmm. It's golden. Yeah. The room is golden. Again, you know, it's, we're emoting, evoking the 80s, right? And they're chilling out and they're supposed to go out for drinks. And we hear the beep of Chen's watch. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That specific sounding watch. I'm sure there's a story behind that particular brand of watch. Um, and then we see on the hotel TV... Uh, Boy George is singing Time. Go look up the words to Time. Uh, the things that jump out for me from that uh, song is the time is precious, I know. Time won't give me time. You and I know that we've got nothing but time. There's this whole like message about the two of them. I'm mean, like, that's their song. Also, Boy George, kind of our first I don't know that I don't think that Boy George is trans, but he certainly was just wearing his glamour and his femininity mm-hmm. out there in the public. And a lot of people made a lot of shit about that. I loved Boy George. I just loved him. So I was like, she sees this opportunity and even Chen sees the opportunity to live in New York where you can be out. So they have this whole conversation and she's like putting him off like, I don't want to go down and have drinks with these guys. I'm going to do these IBM reports, and when you get back, we'll be ready for the conference call. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a little confused in this beginning part because, first of all, I was, I was up operating like under the impression that Chen was grand. I'm like, okay, okay, oh, work. <laughs> um, and then, so they're in the hotel room. Yeah, they're in the hotel room, and then the the watch thing happens, and I'm like, wait, is that? Zhang, I'm confused now. And then right. Lizzie's like, 
yeah is and then she could and then i'm like yeah well, she went down and then they go back into the room and like white rose is there i'm like i need to watch this again and then amazon didn't have the fucking episode that's a whole other thing right i was eating dinner at 10 p.m at night we're not gonna get into it um <laughs> it was just a lot yeah so yeah amazon where's the episode i need to watch it again Right. So uh, it just it's finally up just before we came on air. I went and actually had to buy the episode from Apple TV. So wow. Amazon. Suck a dick. Anyway, so um, we know that what happens is Chin goes downstairs. He drinks it up with the buddies. Some time passes. He comes back up and then we see Zhang in this beautiful black and white gown. Mm-hmm. There's a theme there with white rose we see her in a lot of black and whites also duality of that whole color scheme and for a second we think chen is going to see him you know dressed in her dressed in her true form and like freak but of course chen is awesome he accepts her and says you're beautiful one of the things that Ian noticed that also just freaked me the hell out about the watch thing is he goes to hold her face. The watch goes off. It's at 1116. And we also know that Magda's clock in the old folks home was stuck at 1116. What? What? Ian said 1116, and then I connected it back to the clock and went, what? Yeah, what does that mean? What is happening? And then we realized that Zhang is wearing this watch to this day, that that's the same watch. Because we go from 1982 until present when he's talking to Wang Shu, and it's the same watch. And I'm like, okay. And then I don't wonder if these assistants of his... Don't aren't chosen because of some qualities they have of Chen. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Irving. Was there something about Irving that reminded her of Chen? Not in looks. I don't think she's trying to recreate him. Obviously, if she were in a healthier state of mind, she would use her power to transform China. And I, I actually tweeted this at BD Today. Like, yo, White Rose has been like the the minister of uh, security, the state security for 33 years. Why doesn't she just like tear the world apart from the inside out and make everybody free? And like, of course, BD is who is on fire, like shoots back at me like, oh, I'm sorry. Pardon me. Pardon my ignorance. But isn't like tearing things down from the inside and making everybody free. Elliot Alderson's job. Why don't you ask him? (laughs) Of course, I replied. It's a little busy it, it right show, now. I was I was working at my desk and it showed up on my Apple Watch. It was like BD Wong replied and I'm like, huh? <laughs> I was like, what did I did I say something? And then I remembered I was logged into the the Ashland Twitter. That's really cool. Yeah, it was that was fun. really cool. But like, and it's and again, this Chen Chen is it, and and the observation that I want to make just kind of like right here is that Terrell Elliot. And Zhang are Trinity. All three are hackers. Mm-hmm. All three are powerful in their own right. All three have lost someone and something that drives them in all of these different directions toward each other. 
Yeah. So I was just seeing all of this stuff coming together going, okay, you threw a bunch of like, there's another in the last episode. And now it's like, I was at least happy that we were getting some questions answered, you know? Like, I don't know, there's yeah. so many beautiful things. I'm like, yes, and yes, and yes. Checking all my boxes, my long ass list of like, and then, and then, and then. <laughs> um, and I then, think, I yeah. think the the one thing I took away from the the white rose thing is that we now know that she has a weakness. Mm. Um, I definitely think I I'm definitely on board with what you're saying about like the people she hires. I think there's a there's a void. She's trying to fill, and every time it disappoints her. Yes. Um, but I think it, it it's pretty significant that we were shown that that she has a weakness, and of course, the red blood against the white roses. Oh my gosh! Is uh, I mean, talk about stunning imagery, but like what that means for the story going forward is interesting. I mean, I I I think we all clocked the whole like, oh yeah, Chen is, has died in some way after they they switch between the the watches. Um, yeah, we know it's coming. I was like, okay, yeah. so Chen dies. She never gets over it. How does it happen? So then we bounce into this next scene with Zhang and Wang Shu. She's also in black and white. And I started noticing, mm-hmm. outside of Irving, who loves his clay-colored, mauve-colored mob suits, um, when he was lover assistant, did he wear black and white? Is that the dress code? Because Wang Shu is in this cute little number this time i like her white top and black high-waisted skirt and zhang is telling her to have uh her mother's dress that she was wearing in the scene with um chen to be pressed Mm -hmm. for the day that the project ships right so i'm thinking she's just you know she's ready to what celebrate it's symbolic is she going to go out that day is she is that a suicide day for her i don't know it's in her mind but like, why is she wearing the dress on the day the project ships? Uh, I mean, is does she intend to be like, oh, this is who I am? Like Zhang was just a maybe a she's gonna quit quit her job and step out and like I'm over here, bitch. I don't know. Well, well first of I... all, Wang Shu came on screen. And I was like, got gotcha, you, girl. Yeah, That's the now one you're on it, right? Now you're seeing what I'm seeing, right? So Wang Shu, I was like, up. I got you. Mm-hmm. I see you. Yeah, I, right. and I'm listening. Yes. And she seems to be very, very, uh, what's the word? More confrontational. Yes. Uh, I, I was, was like, like, girl, remember your plays. Right. Remember who you're talking to. I'm like, who is this? Who is she? She's all talking to like White Rose. Like she's salty. I don't know if, if she had any relationship towards Grant and she has some residual, like she blames White Rose for what happened to him or something. I don't know. Could be a sister. You know, could be Grant's sister. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she, yeah. She is like giving some back talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says, you know, we got to stay on this dude. That Grand Central hack with his Freddie Lomax is weird. That cartoon character thing. Like, what's up? And then this price retirement. I don't know. All of this seems you're getting set up. And Zhang is like, well, we're going to we'll force him into the situation. Uh, but we get the But she gives her the marching orders. Like, Keep your eye on this guy. Keep your eye on Elliot. Stay on him. And then uh, she says, well, we'll figure it out. We'll just uh, require some patience. 
mm-hmm. teeing off the word patient. So now we're in the past. The wedding party, the bride-to-be, I'm assuming, is walking around lighting everybody's cigars. Maybe that's a traditional thing. I don't know. I was confused. Um, tried to ask my Chinese friends, and no one has responded to me yet. It's just go on Reddit. Uh, and he compliments the bride's dress. And then he goes in to see the groom, who's Chen. Obviously, it, it felt like to me that like Chen was forced into this marriage. Yes. Um, maybe Pops knows that he's playing for the other team. And that's like a super no-no in Chinese culture, I'm assuming. Well, he said as much. Like, yeah. Like my father, my father can force me to marry her, but I, I, he can't force me to love her or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. And we also Chen gets the bad news because Chen's whole thing is, you're going to become the U.S. ambassador. We're going to have a house here. We can be out and proud in our own way, at least on the some level in the mm-hmm. United States. And then. Zhang tells him, well, about that, I'm going to be made minister of state security. And you could just see it in Chen's face. Like, what? Also, there's an exchange about why did you send white roses, which is, I guess, a Chinese funeral flower. And Zhang is like, it's a joke. It's kind of like this is the worst day of your life, but let's find some humor in it. Mm. (laughs) So we have the white roses over there. We have this exchange about you're not going to be the U.S. ambassador and Chen is saying, you know, I'm trapped in a country that says who we are is forbidden. Name yeah. of the episode. And he goes, be patient. Here's Zhang saying, be patient. And Chen says, if someone asks you for your patience, they're asking for your surrender. Mm. And I was like, Darn. damn, that's a line. So I thought it was kind of crazy extreme. But it really told us the depth of the feelings between these two people when Chen snatches up the, the cutlery, the knife, and slices his own throat. And I'm like, is this where White Rose, first of all, we know the name, the meaning of White Rose. Blood's all over the roses, as you guys say. Right? Mm-hmm. Snap. Watch. Snap. Click. And then this whole committing suicide deal. It's like... Suicide is a huge component of White Rose's world, you know? Mm-hmm. And he yeah. and he was like, um, it took him by surprise. Completely. Like, I, d- he didn't expect that that was going to be the next, his next move. Well, Chen says these very interesting words. The world will never be good enough. Yeah. So is this where the cog, cogs start turning in White Rose's mind of, uh, well, you know, I'll create another world for us. Because he, pr- he promises in this moment, I'll, I'll create something, a world for us to live in. And he's like, the world is not good enough. So the, the nature of the project, the CERN machine, S-E-R-N, Hadron Collider, whatever you want to call it, seems to be that it's going to transcend this world. Not a time machine, not a supernatural hooky-mahawker. We're not going there at this point in the game. But now I, f- I see the Hadron Collider is more on the point of we're going to transcend our human bodies, the human world, and this machine is our gateway. So yeah. is so is White Rose just planning a mass extinction event? 
I don't think... Because it, 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 it kind of makes... I mean, like, the world is not good enough. To White Rose, that must mean, like, well, we need a new world. Meaning right. we have to start over. But see, I don't feel like White Rose has got this altruistic, I'm going to say, everybody. I, I don't... I might be surprised that there's that in her. But I think she loves this person so with all her heart that she never gets over it. And she spends... It drives her to become formidable, mm -hmm. to make all the money in the world, to ruthlessly get rid of everybody. She coldly tells Grant, like, I'll find you. I'm like, yeah, if there's this machine exists and y'all be finding each other, I feel like Chan's going to be cutting your throat in heaven or wherever the hell we're going with this whole CERN machine. But I feel like that's built into her M.O. I don't think she's building this for everybody. I think she's doing this so she can meet Chen again. Hmm. And maybe all those faces... I, I, am I wrong in thinking that the hotel room where Terrell stays when he comes back from the woods and gets cleaned up for Elliot? Am I wrong in thinking... Because that's a dark army hotel. Is that the same hotel where they stayed when they first came and am I reading stuff into everything? And there's all the pictures. I mean, you're the one with the two screens. I don't. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> so just all these people with their faces scratched out and covered up. Is that meaning, you know, we're going to erase you on this side, but you're going to live on on the other side. Your life is meaningless here. You can shed this skin and you can be over here in this world. So who are all these other people? Are those also important somehow to Zhang? You know, why the scratching out of the faces? It's, a, it's in the, also, it's down the hallway of the same house where White Rose uh, has Angela taken to as she's walking into the black room. There's all those pictures of the people's faces scratched out. And I'm like, the fuck is this? It's got to play into this whole what she believes, right? Yeah. It's so Yeah, it's, I still it's don't so feel weird. like we have all the pieces yet. We have more pieces. More pieces. But, yeah. It's well, like putting together like a 2,000 piece black puzzle. <laughs> it's just black. And you're like, yeah. Oh, man. I'll just try this breeze for like an hour. Just somewhere. <laughs> it's got to fit in somewhere. What are you going to say, Ian? I don't know. It's just like, I, I sort of feel like like the leftovers. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what's going on. Right. You know. But we did, we did, you know, in that scene before we were talking about the show leftovers or like leftovers out of the fridge? No, the show, the leftovers. Oh. It's just like, ah, uh, we're like, is the machine really, is it real? Can they really go back and visit the people who departed? Well, here's the thing about what I have often thought about that with White Rose. I don't think she's, she's definitely super intelligent. Um, I, I don't feel like she's going to spend her entire life pursuing something spilling this much blood if she didn't think it had something to it i think she uses the promise of it to manipulate people but i think she believes in it wholeheartedly yeah it's it's just it's like it's weird that we're getting we're getting introduced to to chen it's chen right yeah like so late in the game i was like this person means so much to you it's like the whole like you said the whole crux of is this who creates you know, the, the I don't think I, I minded it so much that it, it is coming so late in the whole context of the show, mostly because now that we're the we're finally putting more of the spotlight on White Rose, the more we're going to find out about her. Yeah. Um, but also we have to keep in mind how does the five nine hack like 
filter in with all like this grand plan of hers. Like, why did she need that to happen as part of the the movement to her final goal? I don't know that she needed five nine to happen. I think she just used it as an X point to fuck with Price to get some things. It was a great distraction. They're having all those brownouts in the middle of the five nine hacks, so she can like do some testing. Because mm-hmm. if you did that without anything going on, certainly Con Ed, the city of New York, someone's going to notice all these brownouts, right? So in the middle of yeah. all this chaos, it just makes sense. It's like, you know, our country, uh, United States starts wars all the time as decoys. We do this all the time. We start this whole conflict over here while we're getting all this business done over here. So I feel like for her, she just exploited it. Um, and then she got to see what Elliot could do. If Elliot's this powerful... Because her dad, his dad was useful. She's like, oh, well, I can manipulate this guy, too. I know how to own him. I know how to kick in his, you know, doors and get inside and manipulate him and use him as my puppet. And what we're trying to see, what we're seeing Elliot doing is flip around going, okay, you used me. You got me. Now I'm going to flip around and try to get at you. So, and he's like this virus inside her big machine just trying to like find a way in and she's like nope i've got you i'm gonna squash you like a bug as soon as my project ships and then we good but again another lover assistant is going don't underestimate this dude Mm. and jang jang is like she comes out of this memory when she's standing in front of wang shu and says no um, I'm going to give Price what he wants, schedule the vote, and schedule it tomorrow. And she was like, what? Tomorrow? It's Christmas Day. What are you doing? And she goes, you know, 302, 302 days and counting. Nothing will disrupt my project getting shipped. I've officially run out of patience. And I think Elliot was expecting her to do that. I think I would like to believe that he does. I think he's going to be pretty damn surprised mm. after he rolls out of Olivia's apartment and goes, do what now? Uh, well, yeah, because White Rose did that to to throw off Elliot's timeline, or so she thinks. Yes. We're going we're gonna to force them to screw up, is what she says, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But here's the thing. Wang Shu says this rash behavior will come back to haunt you, because what White Rose is now promising is like, bring them all in tomorrow, we're going to make Tyrell CEO, the thing he always, you know, wanted. Joanna's not here to, you know, he's not going to enjoy this, whatever. But, like, we're going to rush this. And Wang, she looks at White Rose like, what's going on? Um, and she's shook by this. Like, and she's warning her, your rash behavior. And if you think about it, Zhang has been minister for 33 years, has waited that long to get to this place, to look for technology, to find scientists, to do all this research, to find a way back to Chen. And she, she just needed to wait maybe a handful of weeks longer, but she can't anymore. So mm-hmm. she's falling prey to her own sentimentality, I think. So now can you can you clear something up for me really quick? So if if they were gonna bring in the Deus group to choose a CEO, and Wyro says just make Tyrell the CEO, why are they still bringing in the group? They have to vote. They have to all vote on the successor. I think she has person. to make so he, them she, feel she like it's their him? idea. Yeah. Okay. 
It does okay. seem weird, though. Oh. No, I was, I was with you. I had the same thought. I'm like, well, can't they just, like, text each other? Like, it's Tyrell. All right, whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. Oh, one thing I noticed music-wise, you'll be so proud of me, Andre. When mm. we are having, when we see the that little shot where White Rose is pondering the black and white dress that she wore when she revealed her true self to Chen, we hear a refrain that Matt Quill normally reserves for Elliot. And I was like, Interesting. what? And, and that refrain has been used when Elliot has been at his most vulnerable, when he's in this, these really weak moments, we hear that. I call it the Elliot refrain. And I'm like, oh, you're sliding that under this scene with White Rose? Interesting. Elliot will wear that dress. Elliot will wear the dress. That's exactly what that means. I think he would look cute in that. <laughs> no, really that's, have any heads, that's... But he could pull it off. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't catch that. So now we're uh, robots crossing the street with Elliot, and Robot is still narrating to us. Elliot hasn't talked to us yet in this season. Mm-hmm. And... Robot is being pretty dramatical, but he's not wrong when he talks about like the sound of cheating death. And Elliot won't talk to me about this Vera thing. He keeps blowing me off. Like he's throwing me a forbidden error. Um, and he goes, I know Vera's out there. I just hope we see him coming. And then as they're we're sort of pondering what Mr. Robot's saying, they encounter Krista on the street. And Krista's like, Fuck. Shook. Yeah, she shook. She's out with, she, I just don't know. The guy didn't even speak, but I was looking at her like new dude going, she just has some really crappy tasted dudes. <laughs> uh, that's unfair. He might be a wonderful guy. He's no Lenny, but she's rattled to see him because what she knows of Elliot to date is that he had serious anger manage- management pro- uh, problems to the degree that he was court ordered to see her initially. That he was sent to prison for um, messing with her dude. That he was possibly and probably connected to the 72 building hack. And that he is scary as fuck. Let me ask you guys a question. Because I can't stop thinking about it. Is when Mr. Robot came out in her office, when she conjured what she thought was Mr. Robot, it wasn't Mr. Robot, was it? I, I think it was It was that the, the other. The other. So, yeah, you were saying something interesting is that the other doesn't take the form of another person, but that it sort of glides between... Elliot and Mr. Robot. That I can get behind. Yeah, I don't believe it's another actor. I think it's you're either seeing Christian Slater or you're seeing Rami Malek. And I think yes. they are tasked with performing as the monster, or I'm going to call him now maybe Sam Sepial. Yeah, maybe that. Because here's what I'm starting to think about the other. Mr. Robot is charming and funny and cool, and he's the protector. Sam Sepial is a dick and he says sexist shit about women and he throws Elliot around and he doesn't really give a shit. I think he is, if you think about Sam Ismail being a Fight Club fan, which this series has sort of got some elements of, there's a part of, of that when they're all standing around, when um, 
Oh, who are the two characters? It was one guy. But when they're sitting around in the basement of the house on Paper Street and they're like reading this book and it's I am so-and-so's bow duck. Like they're, there's a whole little thing there. If you're following me, if you're a Five Club yeah. fan, you know what yeah. I'm talking about. And I feel like Sam CPL's thing is I am Elliot's white, hot, never-ending rage. Mm. That's the key to all of this working is that if I lay my rage and my pain and my anger down, none of this will get done. And this, what, this is what drives Elliot. And when he doesn't have that, he's exhausted. He's awkward. He's weird. He's, do you know what I mean? Without that filling up his skin, and then he's got Robot over here going, eh, okay, you got to get up today, brush your teeth, bucko, get out of bed. Maybe go outside, get away from your computer. You know, I feel like when we've seen him be rough and horrible and shitty, he's the Sam CPO monster character. Because if what's driving White Rose is as simple as losing the love of her life and it's driven her to kill thousands of people, Price's successor, numerous dark army operatives are instructed to kill themselves. She has Angela shot on the lawn. There's a lot of bloodshed behind that. Why can't we have the same reasoning for Elliot? He's lost he's lost people too, so same thing. He's lost his best friend. He's lost his father. It's no accident that the manifestation of this person I thought it was swagger. I thought he had built all this stuff into Mr. Robot as this swaggering dude, and now we know there are three, it makes so much sense that that third thing is I am rage. And if you let that guy run around by himself unfettered, you're going to die. You're not going to live a long life. So Mr. Robot is there to help him along because we see him do that now that they're merged, now that we see how they interact. My only thing is, like, yes, I agree with all of that. My only thing is, though, if it's if this other has is the manifestation of Elliot's anger, then why did he not remember anything about Vera? I think that this, and we'll get to know more about the other as we go along, but I think that that piece of him hides from both of them. And slips around and doesn't cooperate. Is not a team player. Yeah, but it's not like Elliot forgets the moments when he's super angry, right? Well, I think he does because... He didn't remember in Krista's office. He didn't remember when his sister... He was sitting there telling uh, Darlene on Halloween night. He goes, I went to sleep in the server room. And then when I woke up, I tore the place apart. And then we get to see him literally do this shit in season three when he's being thrown all over the place. And he comes through into that computer room at that E-Corp building. And the place is torn to pieces. And I call him 99 cent sword. uh, Zach Afron is like holding on to the wall going, what the fuck just happened? And he comes to and doesn't remember. And we think he's fighting with Mr. Robot. He's not fighting with Mr. Robot. And I think hmm. Sam, the reason it's so tricky is that this, this guy, this persona, hops between the two of them. Because we've seen them in both. Well, he comes out in this episode. Yeah. Uh, Monster does. So anyway, here's Port, her sweet baseline Elliot, right? I'm going to call him baseline Elliot. He's like, hey, Krista, I know I got your letter. It was probably a cease and desist. 
<laughs> you know, because she's talking to her lawyers. It's like cease and desist. And he's like, I got your letter. Uh, I just want you to know I'm making real progress. And she's like, dude, um, I can't be talking to you right now. He's like, why? Well, I, I wasn't asking you to treat me again. I just wanted to say thank you for helping me. And puts his hoodie up and walks off. And she's just like, I don't know. There's a little bit of regret in her face. But she's purely terrified of this guy, right? But Mr. Robot's standing right next to him. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Mr. Robot wasn't menacing or hitting her up and going, hey, mama, what's up? You know, hi, baby. Like, because that's that character is not Mr. Robot. I was surprised more than anything to see just how her Elliot was over the interaction. Yeah. Because we we had these first two episodes have just been like Elliot being driven by this quest to defeat White Rose. But pretty much everything Elliot does in this episode is not for that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the way we'll get into like everything about Livia, but like in this moment, the way he reacted to Krista turning him down, well, not turning him, but deadass saying like, you scare me. Like it, it hit something in him. Well, I think he needs her. I mean, he's so isolated. He's so alone. And when he was forced to go see Krista the first time around, he felt this compassion for her almost immediately to the degree that he hacked, he hacked her and found out about this asshole in her life. And he just didn't like her being with this dude. He -hmm. has this unhealthy attachment to Krista. And I think he sees something in her parent, friend. I don't know. But when she rejects him there on the street, I mean, he is heartbroken. It worked for me. Oh, no, not saying that it felt weird. I was just surprised by Elliot's reaction. No, yeah. Yeah, it was just like, oh, my God. Like, she, he's like, wasn't trying to get you to treat me again. I was going to tell you, I was talking to Mr. Robot. And she's like, oh, yeah. I remember bringing out Mr. Robot in the office. (laughs) And he, see, here's the thing, too. We just talked about memory loss, and it just occurred to me. When he comes to in her office, he doesn't remember what just happened. Right. When Robot or Sam turns evil on her, he goes, Krista, when are we going to start? So he lost time right there. He loses time when he kisses Darlene. He loses time so many times because he's switching into this dude. So we're at All Safe. You get Robot, Elliot, Darlene uh, at the new F uh, Society HQ. And they're talking about Olivia Cortez. This is uh, played by, uh, this character is played by Dominique Garcia. Andy Garcia's daughter, by the way. Um, so she is Susan Jacobs' contact at Cypress National Bank. She's the Deus Group's only U.S. account manager. I got from this that obviously Olivia doesn't know who she works for, or if she does, they murdered her mom's. And she's keeping her mouth shut. We don't know what's going on with that whole scenario. But she's not making Susan Jacobs money. Let's just put it that way. Right. So you don't think she's aware that she's working for the Dark Army? I mean, maybe she is. But it's like, is she a willing participant participant in this ruse? As In this yeah. front in the U.S.? I mean, if she is and they see her talking with Elliot, like... I don't know if that's good news for her. Yeah, I don't I don't see this is Sam Ismail. This is Elliot Alderson. We can't have nice things. It it, <laughs> it is not gonna happen. 
Uh, it's like, okay, we're going to have this scene. You guys get your jollies. We'll get to that scene in a minute. There's so much to talk about, unpack with that whole uh, sex scene with, with uh, I almost said Rami, with, uh, with Elliot. So, so we have Darlene sitting there. And they figure out that the only way to get to her RSA encryption code to, to access her credential to get in to the back door of the Cypress Bank to cut off White Rose's money, right, is that they have to have physical access to her laptop. Now, the last time the Aldersons went on a let's go get an encryption credential to get into some big vault-like computer at the FBI <laughs> did not work out too well. Yeah. Because uh, Darlene got caught <laughs> by Dom. So in this case, Ellie, when he finds out it's an in-person thing, he's like, I'm, I'm going to go do it. Um, and Darlene's like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm sticking to the plan. You can stay here and watch the rats fuck. And Elliot goes, can you talk to her again? Can you get, you know, this side of me that doesn't want to deal with this shit, your patient, your dad, deal with her. And he tries to appeal to her and she literally blows smoke in his face. Um, and then when that doesn't work, Monster Sam Sepial yeah. grabs her and's like, "No, you're not going." And again, I don't think Sam is like out to destroy the world. I think he's driven by love, rage, pain. I don't think he just—I mean, he's not a cold-blooded psychopath. I mean, I think he's a psychopath in some ways, but he doesn't want his sister in the middle of this. Also, Dom, you messed it up. Um, but then he says, "This cruel." That's, sorry. Go ahead. I. Sorry, I I actually read that differently. I didn't see it as like Monster trying to protect Darlene. I saw it as Monster coming out because he was angry that Darlene wasn't like submitting to them. Oh. Like that's that's how I read it. Gotcha. I didn't see it as like the monster trying to protect her. I saw it as okay, they're not willing, they're not able to control her. I'm going to control her. Gotcha. Gotcha. No. It actually plays better because the, the line, the parting shot that he gives her is, I should have never opened my door when you got back into town. It's like, yeah. whoa, damn, that's shitty. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm going to roll with your interpretation. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and we also get the idea why, well, he says that they choose the, um, the F Society, the All Safe headquarters as their new base because of the 10 gig fiber link what darling calls the nerd factory. But I still feel like this is connected. His last connection to Angela. Oh no, totally. Yeah. Right. I'm not, I'm not, that's not lost. Okay. I'm just like, am mm-hmm. I getting this right? It's like his only way to be close to her. So he hasn't forgotten her. So we break into Olivia's apartment and we have again, robot narrating to you. There's no word for it. You know, orphan, widow, widower. Uh, what do you call someone who's lost everyone? Mom, dad, sister, girlfriend, friends, call him a walking time bomb but there's a trade-off if you block everyone what's the point of being here right yeah so robots on the laptop looking up evan her date you have to go and read that facebook page it's hilarious sam ismail the writer's room courtney looney (laughs) whomever wrote that page um hilarious i think at one point i think he says he's mostly monogamous and (laughs) Sam's hatred wow. for social media influencers is embedded in there too. Because <laughs> he's like social media influencer. He just like is all the stuff that Sam hates is on these people's pages. 
and then Elliot's searching the apartment. So in if in real life, if we're looking at the merged Elabot, is he just furiously running all over the place doing all these things? Because that's what I was thinking. Dude. Like, like he's li- like, is he just running back and forth? Like, <laughs> like realistically, what does that? What does like. it look like? <laughs> we don't we don't get a lot of moments like that. We get like that one scene, I think in season three, where like it looks like he's like choking himself. Right. Like in the coffee shop, and everyone's <laughs> looking at him like, uh <laughs> You know what this looks like, right? So I'm what does like... this look like? I was just so curious <laughs> because normally they switch off, but they were like yeah. dual purposing, and I'm like, is that possible with DID? Can you multitask like that? But physically you still have to be sitting in one place. Yeah. Anyway, so Elliot finds the Oxycontin bottle in the bathroom, clocks that. Then he picks her desk drawer lock, finds her computer. And then when he gets out his flash drive, it's named Sam Sepial. That's where I'm like, okay, Sam's telling us, right? This mm-hmm. is our dude. This is our key. Um, and also that scene where Robot and Elliot are talking, they're framed in Olivia's doorway, harkens back to... Elliot's um, cell in season two where Robot is taunting him and saying we need to get back on a computer and shoots him in the head. And this is like now Elliot's in charge and going because Robot's trying to find all these nicer ways to hack Olivia. He's like, we can fish her. Yeah. We can do this. And he's like, look, it's Christmas. She's not going to log back in. we got to go do this in person. And we're going to go there. And you can see Robot like, oh, man, this is not a good idea. And we, we're in the bar now. So Elliot's going to go disrupt this date with Evan. And he doesn't, because he's totally out of time. He knows that he's going to be dead. His sister's going to be dead. So he's going to corner her. And you see him barreling in. And Mr. Robot's like, you know, just small talk. Ease your way in, you know. And he's like, <laughs> not doing that. We don't have time. Besides, we already own her. And he walks up to her and his opening line is, I'm sorry, you're going to want to sit down. And I'm like, oh, fuck. But then Robot swings in and is the perfect wingman and offers to buy her a drink. And I'm like, see, I I just think that that's what Mr. Robot's purpose has been all along. And I was wrong when I was saying, I think, last episode about maybe Sam was the one who seduced, you know, Tyrell. I think Mr. Robot seduced Tyrell and manipulated him that way. Look, I can fight with the guy all day long, but I'm going to find out what he's into and mm. play along with that. So for all you Tyrellian guys who are drawing like Elliot and Tyrell hooked up with each other, you should start drawing, I think, Mr. Robot and Tyrell. <laughs> I think that's your magic love combination. Robelliot? No, Robel? Tyrobe? I don't know. Tyrobe. <laughs> I don't. I don't do the shipper names. So next we're in Adelina's restaurant. This is. Uh, I don't know what their cuisine is. Dominican cuisine, and we're flashing off of that Ortega painting. I. I know that artist. I don't know the significance of that particular piece of art, but there you go. And then as we pan across the restaurant, I don't know if any picked up on this. I've watched the series so many times. Does anybody remember the parrot lady from the subway? No. Season one. He's riding on the train, either with Darlene. So Elliot and Darlene's on the train, and there's a woman with a parrot on her shoulder reading a book. 
And then she shows up in season three another time on the train when Darlene gets robbed by the girl who takes her wallet, Sans Parrot this time. And when we pan across the restaurant, there she sits in the middle like with the window seat talking to her friend. And I'm like, glad she's back. Hello, parrot lady. I see you. Now is she Vera's like What is the significance? (laughs) You know, has she been, is she a plant for Vera? I don't know. Um, And then we go in the back and Vera is bad Santa. I love this whole thing. Yeah, at first I was like, oh, you know, he's like turning a new corner, like getting the chickens. And then I saw the coat going into the chicken. I'm like, oh, yeah, never mind. Dude is stuffing <laughs> dope up a chicken's ass and handing it to little kids to be his drug mule. Yeah, that ain't the, that ain't the Santa Claus. You want to be asking for no presents. And so we saw, well, back in the street scene, we saw DJ. This is a, a character played by Yas Anderson. He's the one who's been trailing Elliot. Mm-hmm. And he gives his report on him, and it's a lot of, I don't know, boss, kind of like, you know. And Vera is like, I want to be the king of New York. And what's Elliot going to be? And he's like, he's going to be the architect. But see, DJ's like, fuck all that. I'm not going to go nuanced in and like do all this kind of subtle shit. I'm going to go in there and put a gun to his head and make him give you what you want. And that's when we get Vera saying, I, I don't want Elliot to be my prisoner. I want him to be my partner. And it's like Tyrell's over here going, get in line. He was mine first, bitch. Um, <laughs> you know, those two are going to have a cat fight. But he's like, this kid is aloof, dude. And it doesn't really have a whole lot to tell him. And Vera's like, you got to be more detailed. The devil is in that shit. <laughs> Great line. <laughs> and then DJ tells him about Krista. You know, at least tell me you got pics. And he shows him this pic, and Vera is like, well, what was the confrontation about? What was that about? Like, was she crying? Was her, Did her nipples get hard? Was there a vein popping out on her forehead? And I'm like, Vera is just a weird dude. He, these are his three <laughs> choices. Yeah. Um, and then DJ shows him the image of them looking at each other. I don't think DJ has a really good phone. I guess they all have burner phones. Anyway, camera on it sucks, bro. Um, and then he pulls up little Miguel, one of his drug mules, onto the table and shows him the picture. And he goes, what do you see in this picture? And it's, you know, Elliot and Krista face to face. And he's like, um, he feels bad because she's yelling at him. Like, my mom yells at me. And when she does that, it makes me feel sad. And <laughs> Vera turns around and shoots DJ. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh, shit. (laughs) It's like, how about this kid sees this and you don't? And then as he's zeroing in on this picture, he's like, her angle is legit. Her anger is legit. She hurt him. That's real pain in my dude's face. She our girl. She knows Mm -hmm. something I got to know. It's like, sorry, brah. I need somebody more detail-oriented than he shoots DJ. Again, I don't know who, which outfit you want to work for the least. The Dark Army or Vera. <laughs> um, but DJ learned the hard way. Details. The devil's in that shit. So now we're like, oh, fuck. And again, Krista has every right to be terrified Yeah. of Elliot. And here's reason 4072. I thought, it, yeah, I thought it was also interesting how the, the now that we're, that we've talked about how, hurt Elliot was like do we do we think we Elliot subconsciously sees Krista as like a replacement mother because Magda was so terrible 
I mean, possibly. like it feels like it's she's like she's like. I think first of all, he's just like misinterpreted the the therapist and client relationship, because um, it's easy for him to feel coddled by Krista. So I don't I don't know. It has know. to be something like that. I mean, I, I do see that she's a surrogate for him. Mm-hmm. I I do I for her for Magda. It has to be something like this because he is so devastated when this goes down. I was also having a yeah. thought about something you were just saying. Something is just occurring to me. Something is dawning on me about this whole relationship with Krista and Elliot. It's just right on the tip of my brain. But it's like everyone who's in Elliot's orbit gets killed, it feels like. You know, Gideon, Angela, Shayla, so many people around him are in danger. So this reaction is like legit right and now she's got vera after him now all this time we were thinking about vera that i said um wrongly last podcast that i think that monster called uh vera i'm not so sure about that anymore but did sam sepia the monster call up vera and promise him to be the king of new york do you think i'm still right about that because why did he what What's the timing of this? It seems weird. The timing seems strange for Vera just to roll up. And as White Rose says, there are no coincidences. It's, yeah, we keep circling back to like, what is the other one? Is it an actual other persona with a whole set of goals that is separate from Mr. Uh, Mr. Robot and Elliot? Or is it a manifestation that floats between the two? Because it just feels like it's calling Vera is not in anyone's best interest. Unless and you're seems- using him for something we haven't seen yet. Unless you're using him as a sacrifice, as an obstacle, as a battering ram, as a yeah. distraction. The timing is fucking weird. It because just seems like an sudden, action that requires some agency. Well, here's the thing, though, that, that, that he says to Vera when he goes to see him in prison before he gets him out. He goes, if you ever show your head again or something happens to us, then I, I own all your shit, right? Doesn't he say that to him? At the very, at the, yeah. If anything happens, but then at that point, Shayla's already dead. But here, what I'm saying is, he sends Vera away and says, "If you come back, shit's gonna go down." This is why I keep. I mean, I really truly believe that. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna say this one more different way. When he's in prison and he's talking to Vera, he goes, "If you come back, if you show your face again, shit's gonna blow up for you." So he exiles Vera. And then Vera rolls up to Elliot's house, right? Knows where he lives. Wouldn't sound out of, you know, we're not thinking anything's of it. But what I'm saying is he's given him permission to come back with what? A promise? Mm -hmm. I need your drug operation to be a front for me. I need you to roll on this. And in exchange, you get to own everything in New York. I'm going to open up all the other gates like I did at prison. I'm going to open up the floodgates and hand you the keys to some kingdom. And I think Sam Sepial 
is nasty enough to deal with a guy like that and manipulate him and use him because all of a sudden Vera feels like he's in love with this guy. Yeah. I can't let it go. There's no reason for Vera just to roll up. He has no... Elliot owns him. The price he had to pay for owning Vera is Shayla. Just saying. It's just that they're stewing. So we're back in the bar at this very awkward date. Now we get to see Elliot in his full glory. Mr. Awkward oh sitting God. at the table with Olivia. Olivia's just looking at him like, okay, that was a great opener. And now <laughs> crickets. And for some reason, Elliot hasn't like threatened her or come after her. He's like, you know, robot, you know, robot's like, okay, you take it. And she's like, okay, so let's start with what are you doing here? And he's like, I don't have anywhere else to be. I uh, got to fight with my sister today. Mom died yesterday. Uh, she's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> but oh, she God. doesn't go I'm sorry what pick up a person bolt she goes okay hmm and he goes well we weren't really close and then in, in like finding bits of conversation to chit chat about he goes uh I'm addicted to morphine <laughs> and she's like okay he goes well it was you know I've been clean for nine and a half nine, uh, nine months except for I did heroin two days ago and she's like what did he goes well I didn't you know but it wasn't my idea or I didn't like it or, and she was like did someone hold you down and make you do it and he's like yeah yeah <laughs> and she's like are you crazy he's like probably you know I'm not like most people a line from the pilot to Rohit and then Evan rolls up and for some reason I thought Elliot was going to you know become Mr. Robot and like you loser dude but Robot doesn't show back up, and Elliot just sits mm -hmm. there awkwardly. She pretends not to know uh, him and pretends not to be Olivia. He's like, I'm pretty sure this is you. She gets up and gets her coat like, eh? And <laughs> Elliot's like, this is weird. And then he lets her leave, and then Robot comes over and just barely gets out like, well, you did better than I thought you would. And then he jumps up and runs after her and kisses her on the street. And then there's that whole scene of, tumbling and stumbling into her apartment and it, it reminded me almost immediately and i found somewhere somebody had also gotten it almost immediately too where when he kisses shayla he asks her permission and she says next time don't ask it's lame and this time he doesn't ask he kisses olivia on the street and then they go to uh, her apartment and this really funny he's throwing her on the bed and i'm like yeah elliot get it in <laughs> also stop grabbing your shirt by the neck you're gonna stretch out your shirts you only have the one black shirt anyway and then <laughs> he jumps on top of her and like the true sub that he is you know she flips him over i mean like you know we all know that elliot's a sub uh totally got submissive. it yeah, yeah totally clocked that um i think <laughs> me and angie have a theory that uh sammy was probably called in to coach his brother but uh that's all i'm gonna say about that um Oh, my God. <laughs> Sammy was on set. He was like, okay, this is what you want to do, bro. This is, I'm an expert. So you want to <laughs> – he choreographed that. <laughs> I hope he's in the credits. Please give him credit for choreographing that. I love the idea that Rami Oscar winner Malik needs to, like, bring in people to show him how to do things. Oh, I'm sure he did. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm almost convinced. I need you to overdose so I know exactly yes. what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Sammy, uh, can you please uh, grab Dominique? Show him what, what I need to do. <laughs> And then, like, when she flips him over and he's on his back, you know, 
Sammy's over in Video Video Village going, <sighs> okay. <laughs> um, so after the the moment, we're all cheering that Elliot, Elliot finally got some, but we also know that she's toast. She's dead. <laughs> she's just so fucking dead because uh, she slept with him, and he can't have nice things, as we've said, and Sam Esmail's just going to kill her dead, or she's going to kill him dead. Or it, it's not going to work out. It's just not going to work out. She should have gone home with Evan, who's mostly monogamous, um, and he goes to the bathroom to take the RSA code. He takes a picture of it and sends it to poor Darlene, who's had to sit there all night long at All Safe or wherever she is. Uh, I'm assuming she's next to the machines because that's their setup. So she's been sitting there all night long alone in that room. I'm like, I feel Jeez. so bad for her. This poor girl. And he gets caught out by Olivia who comes into the bathroom and they have this lovely talk. I loved this conversation between the two of them. It was so crazy to me. Again, surprised of how like Elliot is like feeling human emotions. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, and I, yeah, we were talking about it this morning, but I didn't immediately get the sense that, that something was being set up, but the idea that, that Elliot relates to another human being yes is like weird but like it makes sense also i was like on edge the entire time like the moment she was like my mom died too i'm like oh my god she's monster um <laughs> yes uh but no and i again could not help but just like see the blazing yellow light that is cast on both of them yes and i'm, I'm like grabbing sam by the shoulders like what does this mean yes your golden <laughs> tones i'm like all over god is there oh my god uh, what uh, and then she says you know my mom was murdered and i can't i mean of course are these things connected i have to be connected okay she's from colombia what does that mean is there some connection of where she's from so her mother's murdered. She's in this black hole of despair. Somebody gives her some Oxycontin. She goes down another black hole, she says. And that, like, just wrecked her. Um, and then when she opens up the Oxycontin bottle, there's a razor blade inside. And she's thinking that she's going to possibly scare this guy off that she's just had um, this moment with and had, you know, this sex with. And... She's like, well, and here's my moment that I tell you that I'm crazy, too. And he's like, I get it. I know what it's like hating yourself. And he tells her he tried to do it, too. And she's like, why didn't you? You know, I promised a kid I'd take him to go see the Martian. She's like, yeah, <laughs> of course. But I love this line because you can't scare me. And I mm. think when we do share in real life heavy things with people too soon, and even after time, in some cases, people will run for the hills. And she doesn't run. She doesn't flinch. She doesn't reject him. And mind you, he's earlier that day been rejected by Krista. He's still reeling from all these other events in his life. The building hack, the all of it, Angela, everything. And here's this moment with someone who doesn't run from him, who connects with him and... I think in his own way, in Elliot world, he falls. He falls quickly. I do think he falls for her in some level. I don't. Think yeah, and has... I also totally think he sees Angela in her. Yeah, and Shayla, and yeah. Hope. You know, like you said it interestingly in our thread. Something about this is what life could be like without all this white rose shit, without all this vengeance. 
Yeah, because that's all I was thinking as I was watching. I was like, if all of this craziness wasn't happening in this life, could he find happiness in this person who has also been kicked around by life in this way? Yes. Well, and then robots there, you know, again, robot is in his head and there, this is after this moment. And he's like, you know, Olivia overrode his attempt to deny access. And mm-hmm. letting people in doesn't have to hurt, right? And so they're going home, and they're like, oh, you had a nice night, and it was great, and, you know. Then there's a van following them, because, of course, it's Mr. Robot. And oh, one, one, one quick thing before yeah, we sure. move on from Olivia. Did, I can't remember. Does she mention how her mom died? She doesn't. She didn't say die. She says kill. She says she died, and then she says murdered. Murder. I've never told anyone that. In Colombia. Well, we don't know where. She was just murdered. Okay. Well, because I just looked up, like, <laughs> I looked up wars in Colombia. <laughs> and apparently there was a conflict in the mid-1960s over Colombian territory. So I, now I'm thinking, was Zhang, like, starting some shit because he needed Colombian territory Probably. and that's how it's connected I mean I just think that I think that that's how she got her job like she took her course and blah 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 but who's applying who uh, in White Rose's world is just applying <laughs> for a job on like Full Sail or Indeed or Glassdoor or Craigslist <laughs> and getting it like no you're this is your only US Cypress Bank account manager you're targeted and chosen for a reason do you yeah. know what I mean? It just occurred to me how, like, yeah. Anyway, that's my correct theory for the episode. No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I, of course, it's all coming. But right now, it's just so fun to. Oh, it's funny. We have no chill. Robot fans have no chill. It's like a lot of people, like, I have a friend who watches the show loosely. And she goes, why don't you all just sit back and let the TV show happen? I'm like, normally, I'm the person who screams at it, everybody. Just calm down. They wrote a bunch of pages. It's coming. If you're watching a movie and somebody's like, what's happening? I'm like, bitch, calm down. And 124 pages from now, you're going to know all the answers. <laughs> but none of us have any chill. Like, I'm just like, okay, this is happening. And this, and this, and this. I can't. I have no chill. This show does this to me. Um, so we're on the street now. And we see this white van. It looks like the same white vans that um, that the Dark Army rents. <laughs> you know, because these were the same vans outside of Dom's uh, mother's house when she has Janice yeah. over for dinner, right? Renting from creepywhitevans.com, yeah. And doesn't Price show up to get Angela, his people, and with a white van? I think so. Right? So just a big, is, is Irving over there just like, you know, a side business renting out white vans now? The white van <laughs> theme is then running through Mr. Robot since day one. Men in black and white vans. Again, black and white, duality of that. I'm sure there's like 15 um, posts right now on Reddit. So Elliot's whole defense is act natural. Let's just act natural. Well, like we got nothing going on. It's like and, and robots like, but just what? acting all loosey goosey. He you know. is. Robot, <laughs> you know, he just you know he just got his tires kicked, so he's like, oh, give oh. him the old razzle dazzle. Yeah, you know. Like, you know just, oh, yeah. That was a good little session there. I'm I'm cool. I'm ro- but now it's robot who's like, dude, I really feel like something's up. And he's talking about bullets in the chamber and Russian roulette. Like robot is now the one going. <laughs> bitch do not relax and then they roll up to the door and the door's ajar and he's still like bro what is up <laughs> elliot's like 
we'll just act like uh, nothing's going on. Like our door is always <laughs> left ajar because. Yeah. And then we stopped in the middle of watching this, and I was just like, "What do Elliot's neighbors think? Does he have neighbors? I feel like he doesn't. I feel like there's just that one guy who runs no. the building, and like everybody's moved out because there's a psycho down the hallway, and one girl got murdered, and we're out. Anyway, the door is open and we hear robots say to us you know letting people in doesn't have to hurt but it can especially if someone forces their way in and we go out we go in and who's sitting at the desk but Ty Ty I was so shook I was not expecting that I was so was because I was ready for it I was like it's gonna be Tyrell sitting at the computer in the same position only without the key from the Damon's dream in season one and there he was and he's like, girl, I got made CEO. It's exactly what we've been waiting for. And Elliot's like slapping his There was nothing. Like, Bitch, shut up. Shut Elliot's up. Like, shut up. Oh, God. Why would Tyrell even think it was cool to go into Elliot's apartment and like do anything there? And not even close the door behind him. Not girl. Not even close the door. And so Elliot's having to scribble on a pad like they're listening. It's like, oh, my God, you are so... So, and that's where we left. Again, the cliffhangers and the and what does that mean and what's this going to come down to. But the, about the van, I, I it's someone who's got technology. I, if it could be something surreal and strange. Maybe the FBI's back onto them. Maybe there's somebody, maybe Dom's partner, has her old partner's noticed something. Because whomever it is has tech in the back of that van. If it's the Dark Army, do they need the tech to listen? Possibly. Is it the FBI? We know how those bitches love their big screens and their toys. I think, here's the theory formulating, I think it is the FBI. Because again, like the, the, the fact that the show took the time for Ellie to be like, oh, it's Dark Army and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, it's Farrah. But now I'm thinking, okay, well, yeah, you need, the, you need like the tech. Dope and chicken's butts. He's not a high tech dude. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. But now you're you're talking about the technology and everything. Yeah. Okay, and like we haven't seen Dom this episode, right. and so now I'm thinking because like the FBI has also been pondering the question, who is White Rose? Right. So I'm wondering if there's going to be a joining of forces, being like, we we need to take her down as well. Dom knows something, and she's also like, uh, you know, under the thumb of the Dark Army. So she's going to be risking her life and shit. But like, as long as White Rose goes down, then she doesn't have to worry about that anymore. I have this weird feeling, though, that it's not Dom directly related. I have a feeling someone inside the FBI is not stupid and noticed all this shit going down with Santiago and noticed all this shit going down and noticed that Dom is acting weird. Mm-hmm. And her buddy that she's using, you know, out in the field with her who, you know, crank yanked her with the whole, uh, took one day to be her partner. I feel like that guy's smarter than he looks. And I, 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 how do I feel like it's him in that van telling Elliot because Dom won't talk? Could it also be maybe Price and his goonies? Because if be. I'm remembering correctly, aren't Price and Tyro at odds right now? They are, but then what is Price... Price made his last, he played his last hand. For me, I'm stepping aside. That's my last gift to my daughter. 
I'm out of the rest of this. I don't see him fucking bothering mm, to what end, that's right? That's true. The only reason I brought that up is because we had that like split second text Elliot gets before Olivia comes in from Price saying that the meeting was set yeah. for the days group. Could be. So it very well could I be Price. I feel like this one is a wild card. I feel like the van is a wild card. And they've they've yeah. thrown us off with all the white vans. The FBI uses white vans. Dark Army uses white vans. Price uses white vans. So who's white van? I don't think we know. But when that glowing screen was up there, and they made a point when um, that agent was who was debriefing Dom was sitting there with her, Horton or whatever his name was, there's all of these yeah, big blue screens in the room, like these big screens. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why is that in the frame like that? There's three... Behind Dom, the three personalities, maybe, of mm. Robot. And then there's two on either side of Horton, who gets disappeared, dumped. So that guy, so if you're sitting in the FBI, and you know what's what, and you see this agent jump, who's perfectly normal up until then, you see Dom not acting herself, Santiago goes missing, you're over here doing some math. You're doing some murder math, and you're going, okay, what is going on? So you're going to go <laughs> to that board, and who's in the center of Dom's board? Light Rose. And Elliot. Yeah. So Interesting. Like like that. Could be. I have been wrong about a lot of this shit, so. I get no, Nobody gets a toaster for being right. There's just something <laughs> very satisfying for getting close to some of these things. Do you guys feel that elation? Yes, yeah. Of like, oh, we got it right. But I would have never seen Chen coming. I knew it had to be someone close to her. I was this entire time thinking it was apparent that White Rose was close to. Mm-hmm. Possibly could be a lover, a sister. I was thrown off by that whole conversation with Dom and the clothes belonging to her sister. I thought it was going to be something related to that. The clothes were saved over as an homage um, you know, yeah, but interesting. That's all I got, <laughs> I think. Scene and scene. Uh, does, is this a true thing? Because of this episode, you would think before now. Did Sam Esmel get banned in China? Did this show just get banned in China? I would assume they would never show this show in China. So how is he getting banned for a show? He probably would have been banned from the pilot. I don't know. There was a rumor bouncing around Reddit earlier, and I just didn't have the time to track it down. Interesting. Right? Are there any other theories or notes about this episode that we didn't cover? Well, I had two things. Sure. Uh, and Lindsay pointed this out to me. She was like, the last week's episode, <laughs> and this is really crazy, but like last episode, before the episode played, the Law and Order episode before it was about DID. No way. And then the episode before this was about adoption. So is it too far to say that Sam is like going to USA and be like, hey, 
uh, you should uh, play this exact episode. Oh, I'm sure. No he reason. Does. No, he's no reason. Like, he and in exchange, me. I'll plug you guys in my uh, 1980 flashback uh, as the the network with high quality television. Uh, <laughs> Literally, what I was gonna say. I do feel like they have the relationship. I feel like he could ask them to program around it. I mean, it's nothing but just good juice for USA. You know, you even had Santiago going, there are new, no blue skies here. You know, and <laughs> no characters needed or whatever their stupid phrase was. I was like, I did roll my eyes at that. I was like, oh my God, please stop. Please stop this. But I loved the old school um, promo for USA from 1982. Yeah, I think he definitely did. He said, hey, can we embed these? I mean, there's the B.D. Wong-a-thon that was going on. Yeah, yeah. Coincidentally. Here's the thing about The Thing from 1982, the preview that came on before the USA thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't see The Thing. I don't remember seeing it if I did. Uh, So The Thing was about um, a research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the presence of its victims. What? What does that mean? What the fuck does it mean? A research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. My brain exploded when I read that. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Just somebody just... (laughs) What are you telling me? (laughs) Let me. I want to be best friends with Sam. I want to go to his house. I won't tell anybody but you and Ian... (laughs) <laughs> just want to see the rest of the episode so I can stop growing this brain tumor from trying to figure <laughs> the show out. <laughs> oh, my God. It was gorgeous. And I was so tripping. This episode had me so triggered down the fucking theory hole that when the little boy came in before Miguel and was getting uh-huh. his chicken, I'm like, is that the actor who played one of the Elliots? He looks familiar. Who is this guy? Where's he from? <laughs> What's your intention, kid? Who are you? Yeah. Are you the, are you the monster? Are you are you spying in the skin of a little child? I was just I was like, okay, you got you got to stop rocking rocking back and forth. <laughs> Lindsay also brought up something that like the child actors have been like different for yes. little Elliot. That's not is is that significant or is that just a casting thing or No, I mean children grow up. I don't I feel like as the okay. shows progress, there's been almost a 2-year uh jump between season 3 and season 4. Because Rom Rom went off to make, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and Sam was going off to make uh, Homecoming. So I feel like they just do it for a casting point of view. What is okay. very odd is that the little boy who plays Elliot in season three is stone cold evil. It feels like when he grabs his dad's jacket, the Mr. Robot jacket, and goes to the theater by himself after he collapses. That kid's eyes mm-hmm. were brown. But then later on, I'm like, <laughs> is Rami Malek going, cast him anyway. I played Freddie Mercury with blue eyes. <laughs> Fuck it. Who gives a shit? Kid's good. He's got the chops. He's got all the other parts. Who cares? Yeah. You know? Where is the line? I don't know exactly. I feel like it's that. I don't feel like there's any big overreaching thing okay. in that. Well, my, my last theory was I thought about this episode because for some reason I thought this episode was episode four. I think I'm getting tied up with American horror story. Cause I never remember what episode we're actually on. Right. Um, but like how 
like next week is episode four, which is season four, episode four, 404 error. What does that mean? It's got to mean something. Is it going to be 45 minutes of a black screen? And we're going to be waiting for something to happen. And then Law and Order comes back on and we realize our mistake. Dun, dun. Yeah. Is that why they needed two extra episodes? We don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I just sent you the picture of the of Elliot going like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you have to go. You have to go into your computer for the forty five minutes of a black screen and hack the code and get the yep. episode that's all yep. in Mandarin. And if you lay down on the ground, you can see like on the TV. There's like a weird code that you plug into your phone, and then the phone takes you to this website where you yes. can watch the episode. But you can only watch half of the episode, and you need to figure out the other code to watch the other half. That half doesn't come on until Wednesday, so it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And then Rami Malek and Christian Slater show up at your house and do a table read just spontaneously <laughs> for every 400th person who like cracks the code. Correct. Yes. And they just act out that episode for you in front of you, <laughs> all the parts. Oh, God. I don't know. That's a promotion. <laughs> I hope that happens. Oh, my God. Sam, gosh. please sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> USA, sponsor us. I would just die. Just pass away. Uh, we watched I, one of your two ep- two TV shows that you have on your network, so. I'm only three episodes in, and I have to say, this is my favorite episode, so, favorite season so far. I just love how delicious it is. I've loved every season with all my heart, but I just... I love this. I love this this whole season. It's been the best gift of fall. It's like mm-hmm. so great. And it happened in October. My favorite month. My favorite holiday is coming up. Our wedding anniversary. Oh, so good. All right. Uh, we're going to get on out of here before I start to spiral again and think about something else that I can't get out of my mind. I uh, do want to take the time to say a farewell um, to the great Elijah Cummings who left us mm. this last week. Um, I'm not going to talk too long about it because I'll choke up. Uh, great man. Already feeling your absence. So farewell and Godspeed, sir. And love to your family. Uh, and yeah, we will see you next week. Hydrate. Don't rock back and forth. Get some <laughs> sleep. Think about your monster. What's your monster? And we love you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.